Welcome back to the Hex Slappers, the only podcast where you get slapped for wrong opinions. Eric, what is the one plane in the multiverse you go to for summer vacation? Summer vacation? Strixhaven. Nope, you are wrong. We're going to summer school? Uh, The answer is New Phyrexia, where the entire plane will help you get the perfect summer bod. This is the Hex Drinkers, episode 72. Uh, we're missing Julian today, so I'm mutilating the opening as I like to do. Uh, this is Chev, and I'm joined by Eric. Hello. And Oakley. Yo. We've got a bit of a fun one here where we're going to do a little brainstorming, a little other stuff. Um, but Eric, since this was kind of your baby, why don't you tell us um, what we're going to be talking about today? Yeah. Um, so in recent Commander products, we've seen a lot of serving underserved archetypes. This is going to be sort of like 50-50 uh kvetching about like oh well why haven't they given this archetype any love both in terms of why is there no commander for this archetype and why is there no support for this commander mm. uh and 50 percent uh sort of trying to solve it and uh think of this like a roast episodes but it's for wizards it's not just all of our episodes right but this one <laughs> I, I i'm trying more, to think more about direct it. yeah in terms of direct explicit criticism and then su- helpful suggestions all right, Eric, why don't, why don't you start us off with one of those things? Absolutely. Let's keep you talking. Uh, let me be pretty upfront about this. Uh, you know what needs more support? Lindy Cheerful Tormentor. I love curses. I think they're so cool. I think they're super interesting. And they're just totally underserved. There's a total of 42 mm. curses in the game, uh, but several of those can't be played in Lindy uh, just because they're the wrong color. And a lot, like, more of them are bad and not really playable in general. Uh, Lindy helps recycle the curses, and I, th- I think it's a great example of a commander that encourages an archetype uh, in the right way, where it helps keep your curses around, it fills in a weak spot of curses, which is once the player you've cursed dies, your curses go to the graveyard and then you have nothing. So, it helps... That doesn't seem like that bad of a downside. A player is dead. <laughs> And so you lose the things that helped get them there. Right, but I, I, I do I do get what you're what you're getting at, but I'm like, I mean, if you've murdered them, like what you... <laughs> Most curses of your curses aren't killing someone, they're milling them for two every upkeep, which is Fair. honestly mm-hmm. part of what I'd like to see addressed is I uh, I don't want curses that kill people immediately. I just want curses that do cooler things while you're using them either to generate your own resources, uh, like the the sort of big cycle of curses we saw, like Curse of Opulence, um, mm-hmm. that, that group, with that one very, very unfortunate man. Um, <laughs> Who Lindy is torturing, I believe, in yeah. her art. Uh, I think she yeah, is. Right. Uh, but... Uh, like a voodoo doll of him or something. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I think that there's a lot more that can be done with this, especially now that we're seeing token copies of permanence in the game. I think it'd be really mm. cool to see curses that have, like, replicate so that, you know, you can cast one curse but actually just replicate it and curse every player. Or uh, curses are a very political tool, or at least they feel like it. Uh, more than once we've had Oak curse of opulence himself, such that it's just, if you want to attack me, at least I get money. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'd like to see more like that, where curses are a lot more decision-based, a lot more political, uh specifically something that i thought would be interesting would be essentially something that uh you know you take like a reasonable amount of damage every upkeep or have to sack creatures every upkeep or something to that effect however if a creature deals combat damage to you it dies just like you have the plague if anything touches you it dies (laughs) (laughs) okay Uh, yeah a little bit more give and take yeah and I, i think that would also make the people you're across the table from enjoy lindy more where if, you know, sometimes you whip out a curse and they're like, you know what? I don't hate that. I didn't want to block anyway. Yeah, I guess if you view curses from the lens of just, like, an enchantment you can give to anyone, uh, like, a lo- having a lot of curses that have, like, an upside and a downside could be really neat because it's just like, oh, this guy's playing, like, uh, a deck that takes a lot of damage on its own. It's just like, okay, you mm-hmm. take a bunch of damage each turn, but you can't be attacked. Or like Julian decks where that he plays where it just like puts up a wall at all times and just never gets attacked and it's just like I kind of want you to just lose some life every turn. Yeah. You know. Yeah. That's <laughs> uh, I like that and yeah like like you said uh, things that you could also enchant on yourself if you're if the situation calls for it. Um, 
seems really cool to me. So um, kind of keeping in with, with going over the commanders first, so we have uh, some time to get into the real schemey stuff we have uh, planned for the second half of the episode. My my pick for something I want to see more support of is a very recent mechanic, uh, and, and hopefully that means we're just kind of getting started like we've seen with a lot of these recent mechanics. So I want to focus on Sephiris of the Hidden Ways, which was the um, essentially the C21... Uh, the AFR Commander decks, um, the Esper Legend, who whenever one or more creature cards are put into your graveyard from anywhere, venture into the dungeon. And whenever you complete a dungeon, return target creature card from your graveyard to the battlefield. So if in case you can't tell, I want, I want more Venture. Um, and I was doing a little bit of look into this, and Venture was a, a very under utilize or, or underpowered mechanic uh in afr we got the first three dungeons and the fact that a dungeon exists outside of a space where people can interact with it means they were very careful about what effects go on so it's not like just emblems that are very scary so having dungeons with low powered effects means that the benefits of playing cards with them is not that high uh, and also there were very few cards that you know can take advantage of such things like we saw some some cards that can repeatedly venture into the dungeon um there's only 13 of those and that's being generous within the esper colors um and then we have a couple cards that care about you know if you've completed a dungeon but all in all there's still not enough support for moving you through a dungeon and then what happens when you get there and so i did i did a bit of digging there's 41 total cards that either venture or take the initiative within sephiris so with 13 of those being repeatable triggers like on attack or like Sephiroth itself, the rest you kind of would have to use blink for, um, which is a possible still, but you're jumping through a lot of hoops when you could just be doing more, more dungeons. And I thought that Take the Initiative, which was the um, Baldur's Gate thing, um, where there is the chance of once, once that gets started, kind of like Monarch, if you're able to take, take the um, initiative, you get to kind of keep this going and have a repeatable venture mechanic but it's still not going to be frequent enough to really net those benefits um so i was kind of thinking like what would be the best approach to make venture better and, and make it still interactable with opponents so a couple of the ideas that i came up with um, outside of just a more aggro venture commander because that would really play well into the taking the initiative as a, a key part of the sort of gameplay almost like we saw with um karth was Karth the right one from uh, the original Commander Legends who like gives someone else the monarchy and then when you uh, take it, you get a, a benefit? That's Jared. But Jared, yeah. 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 Jared is who I'm thinking of. So something like that where we didn't get one of those of in Baldur's Gate where it's like you, you're benefiting from repeated initiative as the, as the commander. Um, so the couple things I would like to see is maybe some sort of alt-win con with uh, the number of dungeons finished. We've seen like completed a dungeon, but if we had something that was like, you know, dungeon master um and if you've completed like four dungeons because that's how many exist at this time then like you win the game because that would take a lot of triggers and is something that people can kind of stop uh with the stopping the venture mechanic um another one is triggering having things that trigger off of venture into the dungeon because we have like completed the dungeon um but this could be something that just gives you another benefit uh and and then the last one was like having what, what way could opponents kind of interact with dungeons and since it is a very niche mechanic you don't want to have to be playing cards in your 99 that are specific to dungeons but again kind of thinking of those like mana rocks or other stuff can we have cards that make a an opponent retreat in the dungeon or kind of having the uh, opponents be able to interact with your dungeon adventure in not so great ways uh but all in all i just really want to see more playing around with this kind of adventuring mechanic because i think it's super cool I like uh, I, I really like some of those ideas, specifically uh, cards that make you take steps backward in the dungeon, because early rooms in dungeons are <laughs> pretty often disappointing, uh, and the, mm -hmm. the later ones are really the reward. Uh, specifically, I think it'd be cool to have a creature that has this built into it in terms of, uh, you know, when this creature enters the battlefield, uh, you know, venture into the dungeon twice, and like mm -hmm. really moves you up forward. However, when it dies, yeah. retreat three rooms. Yeah. <laughs> That's the name of the new mechanic, retreat. <laughs> put it in the... It's a capital letter in Chev's text, so... <laughs> no, oh, I, yep. I, I agree with that. I think I think there's something to be said for, like... Yes, they are different from sagas, because sagas have seen a couple... Like, we saw the saga commander in... Um, I think it was Neo, 
that was like tap it to move forward in all of your sagas or whatever or add a lore counter and that kind of triggers it and yes these are outside the game so that does make it a little bit more complicated and you need to be more careful but this is one of the things that i don't think has been kicked enough yeah <laughs> in terms of like what what you can do with it and what is going to be acceptable uh, i'm not saying we need to treasure it but like a, a little bit more could probably go a long way i i, I think of it very similarly to um uh the Ixalan mechanic of uh oh uh ascend yeah the like the city thing yeah the, the ascend ascend, I think it's ascend right like if you have yeah, 10 yeah, permanents yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think it's very similar city's to that blessing. where the city's blessing mm -hmm. is outside the game you can't interact with it once a player has it they have it forever and they they don't lose it even if they go back below 10 permanents so that that i think of dungeons is very similar to that where you can print cards that are like reasonably similar like if there were a green a big green creature that were like if you finish the dungeon you have double mana while you control this creature you can just kill <laughs> the creature it's already kind of a big creature it's just right. slightly more efficient than some other mana doublers yeah that's true it's really like if you have cards if you have the cards that um if the dungeon isn't the thing that has all the power and it's cards that you're playing that benefit off of you having done stuff with dungeons, then it's a lot more likely that we can see those cards printed because it still gives opponents something to target uh, besides the dungeon itself. So it's like just, you, you have to wait to get through all those boring stages again, um, but then the cards are the things that, that benefit. Because we have that, for better or worse, with experience counters, with, um, like you said, City's Blessing, like anything that kind of an external effect makes this more powerful. Yeah. Oakley, what, what is a, a theme... Or, or what is a commander that you would like to see more support for? So, <clears throat> when Modern Horizons 2 came out, um, I remember when Zabaz was spoiled, and uh, I, it, was, it was a huge roller coaster of emotions for me because I thought it was a really neat idea in concept, mm -hmm. um, but it's modular is just one of those effects that's had support in like one set. Yeah. And never been touched again until, yeah, yeah. fair enough. Modern <laughs> Horizons Two, which had Zabaz as well as a few more red and white cards for their yeah, um, mostly commons draft too, archetype. like pretty yes. pretty low. Yep, mostly commons. So it it seemed a little weird to me that this uh, that Zabaz got the ability he did, referencing again specifically modular when we've mm -hmm. had so many. Uh, I feel like in recent sets, effects that are able to sort of move counters around on creatures and benefit from moving them around. Uh, and so it would have been really nice to see Zabaz have uh, <clears throat> something like, you know, just if a counter comes off of a creature, you can put it on a different one and maybe add a second one or yeah. something like that. Um, but that's not the case. Uh, but I still like I still like Zabaz a lot because he's got a built-in sort of like sacrifice an artifact, which is you know kind of weird. Destroy target artifact you control. That's the weirdest way to word that, I, I guess. Um, <clears throat> and uh, of course you can give him flying, but more importantly, he's just one mana, colorless. You can play him on turn one. I love my weenies. Uh, so, um, what would I like to see for Zabaz? Well. I think uh, if we can't change his colors and we can't really <laughs> change his ruling so that uh, his mo any modular ability refers to any ability, like, just right, generically just the that takes text. counters yeah. off something. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Um, then we then we should lean into modular a little bit. And I know that some people, that might give Vietnam or Vietnam flashbacks, because, you know, if you played, like, Modern in the heyday of Arcbound Ravager, I feel like Arcbound Ravager is pretty much the only, like, busted modular card there is, uh, realistically, mm -hmm. uh, currently. So, I'd say, let's get an equipment that gives a creature that it's equipped to modular, and maybe puts a 1-1 counter on it whenever it attacks. And mm -hmm. Boros, you know, already loves its equipment, it already loves attacking creatures, um, we're, we're already in the right colors for this. Let's just give be able to give any creature we control modular uh, for Zabaz. Um, a 
permanent. I don't know if it would be a creature or an enchantment or maybe an artifact. Uh, if, we're, if we're sticking with a sort of like yeah. Phyrexian theme that can convert one type of counter to another when they get moved from one permanent to another. Um, might be super expensive, but it would also be sweet to put like 10 divinity counters on a Mjoen when... Uh, when you sacrifice a, a creature with modular or something like that. Right. Yeah. I think, I think we've seen some of this. Well, so we've got like the Ozolith and nesting grounds and that just moves like the right type of right. counter. We have seen this effect kind of where the idea for nesting grounds and stuff came from, from unsets. Um, I believe it's like the great fan might not be the right one, but I think it might be every one of the versions of everything in jig from on the, the other unset, I believe is like move counters and make them something else. Uh, it's like yeah. reference a counter that exists on the battlefield or something like wild that you can do in an unset and they haven't found the right text for. I remember thinking of that for, for Hepatra, like, cool, can I just move stuff around and turn it into minus one, minus ones? <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I, I really yeah. like that idea of kind of like some sort of chamber that exists on Mirrodin that can take counters of one type and pump out a different one. Yep. Yep. Um, that would also mean that you don't have to necessarily like put creatures with modular in a deck with Zabaz. It could just mm. be like creatures that benefit from having a lot of any type of counter, such as Mjoens, which you can just like draw seven cards, draw seven cards, draw seven cards, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> something like that. Um, then the last thing I'd like to see, which I think could be um, sort of manipulated in a number of ways. Uh, uh, and possibly spread out amongst a lot of creatures, thanks to the sort of design mm -hmm. uh, rethinking that we saw in Ikoria, is a creature uh, with a more flexible variant of modular. So referencing the modular keyword specifically, but with some uh, other type of counter prefix on it. So like, Vigilance modular, uh, First Strike modular, etc. Yeah. Uh, so that with this same effect and able to benefit from Zabaz, though not maybe necessarily having more than one of a certain type of counter on something, being able to move the counter off, similar to how the Ozolith works when that creature dies and put it on something else. I, I really like that idea of creatures that try and preserve their counters, especially as we're seeing more of those interesting counters. And uh, I... We, we moved on past this, but I, I really like the idea of uh, something that converts counters. I think you definitely have to be careful with it because mm -hmm. the ability to... It, I don't... The ability to just generate shield counters I would find very concerning. <laughs> just to be like, uh, yep. no, no. It would definitely have to be nothing like will one die. Type. <laughs> Yep. Mm. Uh, <laughs> like put one counter of any type on... I don't know. Yeah, like or, yeah, or even just like... Uh, like Chev said, I think it was like choose a counter already on the field, put another of those counters. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if you can keep yep. a chain of shield counters going between a bunch of different stuff, sure, you can keep making a bunch of shield counters, but you have to be very careful. Nothing can get damaged, and it's yep. it's a fragile but cool combo, it sounds like. Mm -hmm. uh, or, yeah, like, the counter that a Mioan comes in on, well, you can comes in with excuse yeah. me uh, yeah. you can put a bunch more of that type on i don't know why i keep going back to those guys oh it seemed like the well, busted thing to do it'd be kind of scary <laughs> in a zabaz deck because if i remember correctly yep. the white one is just armageddon just destroy all lands oh god and the red the one OG mewing? I, for, I think the red one might be like no the red one is destroy all lands because i i remember putting that when i had a uh, very briefly like a, a zozu deck or or some like land destruction thing i made once uh, that was very Infinite sad. Rage cool. is uh, destroy all lands. Yep, yep, you're right. Uh, Cleansing Fire is destroy all other creatures. Uh, mm. Blooming Dawn is create a 1-1 one, one spirit for each uh, uh, each creature you can... or each permanent you control, so including lands. Mm -hmm. And Dang. Roaring Blades is deal 7 damage to each of up to 3 targets. So you would definitely want to do this with Roaring Blades and just kill the table, but... <laughs> Yep. Yep. <laughs> you could make a bunch of little guys with Blooming Dawn, too. Yep. It would be very cool, uh, in my opinion. So, yeah. All in all, I, I love my man Zabaz. I, I, I think he's really cool. Little little tiny insect dude. Modulars, mm -hmm. I think it's a really fun ability. I love hardened scales to the deck in modern, but my, my man needs some more cards. <laughs> my uh, my two contributions to, to modular 
Um, we've seen like heroic intervention. We've seen, um, what is the, it's the cauldron of eternity or whatever that gives like creatures you control persist. Eternity is yep. like the Eldraine one, but tap, uh, give creatures you control persist until end of turn. We could yep. do something with, you know, creatures you control get modular until end of turn. Um, yeah. cause that might be pretty useful. And since the Baz is specifically modular and plus one, plus one counters, it's like very clearly template in that way. Um, but you know, with, with anything, oh. right. We have to talk about the, uh, the, what can I do about it? And so while, while we have Vampire Hex Mage and a couple other things, I'd want to see a, a few more cards that are remove counters from, you know, creatures and opponent controls. Because we don't have a lot of that, and counters are becoming more and more, as, you know, magic gets more complex, and as we've seen from our games with the Ozolith, like, once that thing kind of gets going, if no one has artifact removal for a little while, that gets really out of hand, especially with cards that can come back, because of course they just keep getting stored so things get bigger and bigger and you don't really have a way to deal with the massive amount of counters on the board so having some more cleansing effects to get rid of them um or even like some weird little hate bear that's like uh counters can't be put on creatures and opponent controls or something wild like that because <laughs> i think we have the one for like counters can't be put on creatures you control um so um, I think or, there's does, does the newer Vornclex do something like that? It would have like, the number yeah, of counters, like half counters which would mm -hmm. kill around. most modular creatures because half of one is zero. Yeah. Hey <laughs> yeah, as far as magic's concerned. I, All right, boom, we have our silver, silver bullet. I don't, I don't <laughs> think... Uh, I don't know if green needs help beating an artifact deck, though. <laughs> That's true. Very fair. Uh, oh, do you want to go straight into uh, your theme that you think needs more support? Yeah, I would love to, because I, I, I was especially psyched for this, um, mm. like, when I when I thought about this, I, I just think it was a sweet idea. <sighs> I know I've preached this before, and you guys are probably tired of hearing me talk about it, but pretty much right now, there's no really good way to make a strong toolbox deck, or there's no, uh, sorry, let me, let me amend that, there's no reason <laughs> to make a good toolbox deck in EDH, because you can just as easily, with the same commander, make a combo deck. And if combos you think, great. But I... No comments on combos, but I really want there to be better support for a deliberately toolbox-themed deck. Mm -hmm. And so... The sort of... The centerpiece of a toolbox deck, I think, has got to be something that tutors up creatures out of your library. I guess it doesn't have to be creatures, but... Uh, in the case of, like, both versions of Sisse, Yisan, uh, recently printed Oswald Fiddlebender, and Yanifar, it's all about just getting bigger and bigger and bigger creatures mm -hmm. out. Or a creature that is N plus one, you know, uh, mana value than your current one. So, I think if we could just take that <clears throat> and put some more specific restrictions on it, we could go a long way towards just making an actual, like, Hate Bear toolbox-themed deck work. Um, mm -hmm. So, the ideas I had as far as restrictions to put on this is, first of all, low mana value no matter what. Um, again, if you're looking specifically for Hate Bears, Hate Bears is all about having low mana value creatures that um, sort of, like, are a, an Achilles heel for, like, a certain type of deck or a certain like strategy an opponent uh, has for example against Storm uh, Thalia I, I feel like is like the classic example um, against a, well actually a lot of decks I guess Oskir, uh is the first one that pops into mind Collector Oof uh, where activated abilities of artifacts can't be activated yeah. great two mana card very linear thing that it hoses yeah. that's what we want to get we don't want anything right. bigger than that so, so, um, so to be clear to the audience right now, we're, yeah. we're, we have these themes that we want more support, and now we're scheming up what would be good commanders for those themes. So, so we're going yes. over, like, what would be, what would, what would we want to see on the card, how we think to make it fair. This is very much just like an open brainstorming session as we kind of, kind of come up with this together. Fair warning. None of these cards will be balanced off the cuff. Some of them will be very <laughs> bad. Indeed. Some of them will be very good. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Um, another balancing thing I'd like to, or, uh, that I think would go a long way for this is just having a very tight mana color, or color restriction mm -hmm. on the commander. 
Um, because, like, I think Sisse is definitely the biggest perpetrator of this currently, the more recently printed Sisse, but having access to all five colors is just a recipe for combo d disaster. Um, <laughs> uh, we just want, like, one or two colors, I think. Probably two would be, like, the right sweet spot. Yeah. Maybe you could make, like, a Naya deck work. It's gonna be something with white, probably. I mean, green-white is the classic example, I feel like, but I think red-white or black-white could also be uh, mm -hmm. pretty good. And then, sort of, to offset this restriction and and make um, make this good in, in again a way that sort of like benefits a hate bear themed deck, um, perhaps it could put the creatures right onto the battlefield or give uh, specifically low CMC creatures, the ones that's capable of tutoring, a like plus one plus one or some sort of keyword or something. Uh, so, with all that in mind, uh, I have I schemed up two commanders uh, for this. One, uh, I don't think the names really matter, so I'm not going to say the dumb names I uh, made up for these, but uh, it would be, it would cost one, a green and a white. It would have a tap ability to search your library for a creature with mana value two or less to put it onto the battlefield tapped. And then non-token creatures you control with mana value two or less have ward two. So this would kind of help you keep around. Mm -hmm. Obviously, you're going to probably draw a lot of hate from an opponent, that whose, whose strategy you're kind of messing up by having this hate bear on the battlefield, they're going to want to remove your creature and you just make it a little bit harder, but not impossible for them uh, to get rid of. And so for the audiences at home, because I don't care what, what Oakley thinks, this card is named Cork, Paragon of the Average, which <laughs> honestly is amazing. I don't know why he didn't lead with that, but he just wants to talk about the mechanics. I think I think Oak should write for unsets, to be honest. Uh, but in, in all actuality, this card, I, I think, is a heater. Uh, the ability to, uh, you know, maybe you've got... Green-White doesn't have a lot of haste enablers, but maybe you just got the boots out. Turn two, drop Cork Paragon of the Average, turn three, put the boots on, yep. tap him, Gaddock Teague, mm -hmm. Ward two. What now, idiots? Like, yeah. They, <laughs> That's yeah. True. You can make some so there's, spooky there's stuff a... happen, and but in a very not busted way. You can, yep. maybe as opposed to Gaddock Teague, you're like, you know what's the best answer here? Thalia. And it's just always, pretty early on, you're going to be able to start finding your answers and start working towards whatever your game plan is. Mm -hmm. So I've got Absolutely. a, I've got a few ideas here that I think could, could really bring this into with, with um, how magic has kind of gone through. And it reminds me of a type of uh, card that I remember Oakley talking about once um, as something that he really wanted to build a deck about. And it just so happens to be in the colors of white and black. Uh, but maybe maybe this is a you know a a, a uh, color shifted version or something, and that's rebels. So for those of you who don't remember, rebels all search for other rebel cards. Now in the past, this ability is tap four in it, search your library for a rebel with converted mana cost three or less, um, which is pretty similar to what we're doing. I'm thinking that you know to make it, I'm a little worried about this. Come down immediately, tap tutor up another two two because like the value that that's bringing on turn two is a little much. I'm thinking we could do something with a rebel. Uh, two mana and tap it gets you any two mana or less creature in your deck. Um, that way it takes like one extra turn to kind of really get moving or you just play it a turn later, boots, all that stuff. And it utilizes that sort of thing. And for the naming, of course, like we're not we're not only tutoring rebel cards. So maybe it's a, a renegade rebel, someone who's okay <laughs> just getting support from anyone uh, or something like that. But I do really desperate like the rebel. Uh, desperate rebel. Ooh, that's hot. <laughs> yeah. I like that. Uh, it's still named Cork though. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I, I, I think like utilizing something like that and then especially I love the idea of this this toolbox for hate bears because while there is some stuff and like you mentioned because uh, I remember Oakley you also started to build an Eson deck at one point and then we're like okay this is just too you get you just do the same lines over and over and that's one of the big things with um, toolbox decks in commander but something like this where it's much more focused on what is the best solution for the current problem? Um, mm -hmm. I think that's much better. I would even go so far as to say, like, I really like the the non-token creatures get ward too, but I think maybe you could do something like um, sacrifice a creature you control, untap um, cork. Now maybe that's more. Maybe that is too close to uh, combo territory. Maybe that gets a little dangerous, and we would have to do some more research. But I'm thinking <laughs> from the thematic side of like, uh, okay. What do I need now? I need Thalia. Cool. Thalia was helpful. 
but not helpful anymore. I need I need something else. And that allows you to kind of do that. And with the mana requirements, still, you, you can't do it infinitely and kind of just like mill yourself or something like that. But you can cycle through your allies and call who you need at that given moment. Hmm. That's an interesting idea. I like that a lot. Um, actually, especially the rebel <laughs> sort of theme. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I like calling him Paragon of. Or I guess I like calling him Paragon of the Average because it's just like mon normal, like mundane people. Like I don't know. Like you can't get they, anything huge. Yeah, I mean that's <laughs> like, fair. That's but the cards cool. you're pulling up aren't mundane. Yeah. They're like that's they're true. things that actively cause. Like if if this was something that tutored vanilla creatures, right? That's the average. <laughs> um, but, but like when you're, you're actively trying to things that upset other people's game plans. Um, I know at least for, for some, some normal hosts of the Hex Drinkers podcast, they will not consider those, those cards average, um, <laughs> or, or something that is a, a normal and not aggressive time. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, my first thought on, of cards like this was actually Zer the Enchanter. Just a very mm -hmm. similar thing for enchantments where it's. Mm -hmm. You know, it's got some form of evasion. It's got not a very limited color pie, but it's it's got a specific color pie. It's it's only three, not all five. And it has an attack trigger, which I know Oakley loves, and it's got a limited mana cost, which is also what we're looking for. So I, I think something in the vein of Xur where, you know, every time this person charges into battle, sort of they're bringing new allies with them, they're bringing new people in to support this cause. Uh, yep. I, I think that is a space that could be explored. I think as soon as you get into three mana, it gets dangerous, though, because Village Bell Ringer's three mana, and that's... <laughs> yeah, we'll yep. keep it at two. No, no one's arguing with two. A lot of good are three mana, too, <laughs> which is, I think is why Xur is so good. Maybe we just need to take him down a yeah. notch. <laughs> uh, um, I could definitely see... Like, you mentioned an attack trigger. I think that's a great alternative to a tap because it's theoretically still something you would only do once per turn cycle. Mm -hmm. um, I think that'd be great for, like, a red-white, thematically. Um, and that sort of actually transitions into just one other small idea I had, which is that I feel like a deck like this could definitely easily become very dirtily <laughs> if uh, put into the wrong hands or played or slash built improperly. Um, and so a creature... And I was thinking specifically a red one that has a sort of built-in win con for the, with these small creatures mm. might help a lot out too, which is maybe just like, um, what's, uh, there's like Cavalcade of Calamity, I think, which was a standard card for a while. It's something like whenever a creature with power one or less attacks, it deals one damage to the defending player. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Maybe it could be like whenever a creature with mana value two or less attacks, it mm -hmm. deals one damage to each opponent or something like that. I like that a lot. A non-token creature. I yeah. also like the idea yeah. of, like, like almost Jetmir, because we, we've sort of been, between white-green and red-green, or and red-white, been sort of talking around the idea of Naya, and I know you mentioned Naya at the start of this as a potential thing, but where it, it sort of just has that last ability of Jetmir, where it's like, when you have nine or more creatures, something exciting happens. And... Yep. Mm -hmm. uh, with this, you would definitely want to go with non-token creatures to make sure you were encouraging sort of the right build pattern of you want to play right. a lot of little guys, you want to be able to get them out consistently, and then you want to keep them around so that then you can have some big pop-off turn where, you know, if you have nine creatures, all your creatures get double strike and then uh, do something, you hit people. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, that that's definitely a great idea. Maybe it's like, or yeah. Yeah, no, no, that's great. Or, or like, it could have, like, a mana restriction. Like, if your total mana value is, like, 10 or less, then your creatures have double strike or something. Yeah, mm -hmm. like, if Just the, to keep it low. I, I, I actually really like that idea of, like, if the total mana value of creatures you have on the board is 10 or less. I, I, I like this as, like, an inverse thing where, like, it almost Voltrons itself and then it gets weaker as it, like, summons more friends to the cause. Where it's, like, if you have three yep. or less mana value of creatures on the battlefield, so just this... Your creatures have indestructible. Like, you, I will not die if I'm alone. I get to bring a friend, and then you can kill me. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's cool. It, having, a like, a restriction on that. So, Oakley, if you had to pick between um, green-white tap to summon a creature or red-white attack to summon a creature, which would be the hate bear commander you'd want to see most? I think... <clears throat> 
So, the one I'd want to see most, I think, is the red-white one. I think that'd be the most balanced, especially if it had to attack. Even if it had, like, haste, and you could mm -hmm. do it on the, the first turn it came out, you guarantee once... Well, <laughs> assuming one combat phase per yeah. turn, you guarantee one tutor. Um, and uh, that I think that secondary ability, where it kind of helps push along the win-con of the deck... Uh, through the commander itself uh, would help a lot. The one mm -hmm. I feel like, unfortunately, would probably most realistically be printed, if any of them, would be Cork. Uh, yeah. Just kind of generic green. Hey, tap this thing, font tutor creature. Now it's harder to hit. It's got, like, one of the game's, you know, better yeah, abilities. Yeah. Ward mm -hmm. slash, you know, hexproof light. Um, but I think... Yeah, I think I think I I personally like red white the most because like you were saying and I wasn't even thinking it but green white will have the propensity to dirtle a little bit most likely. Yep. So just being able to kind of build up a wall uh is kind of it's not the style that um you're you're probably going for or especially if this is a toolbox commander for Oakley. Um <laughs> sitting back and doing nothing is not really what Oakley like to do. Oakley smash. So having something that requires the attack, and then I really like when we were discussing, you know, do we have a positive for a number of, of creatures on the battlefield or mana value on the, the battlefield? Or do we have negatives for, yes, it's good to grab all those creatures, but they get a little bit less buffed as your board flushes out. I think in modern design, I would much more expect like uh, mana value, you know, you get a buff with the number of creatures out because we still want to like have a game winning plan. Um, and it's probably much more likely to see play than if it was like the more creatures you get, the less fun it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is true. This is uh, true. Specifically, I, I, I also think uh, I really like the idea of Cork and like the green white one uh, because there are cards that support it. White has a lot of like weenie sort of go wide board buffs. It's got uh, it has some interesting enchantments that are already sort of in circulation where. You know, all your creatures may be tiny in toolbox size, but if you start throwing some Catharsis Crusades, uh, the mm. new, uh, I, th I think it was in Baldur's Gate, and it was like a seven or eight mana mythic enchantment, and it was gave all your creatures myriad. Like, that would be oh, yeah. incredible in this deck to be like, all right, yep, no, I uh, just have, fuck, like, five Thalias. Don't worry about or it. Or like harsh, yeah, yeah. harsh mentors. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Cool. Um, well, I'm glad you guys seem to like that so much. Um, and now I'm, I'm very interested to see, uh, I, I guess specifically, actually, Eric, yours, because uh, I think the current commander, well, I'm just going to leave it there and, and let you take the, <laughs> yeah. the, the reins. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about why the current commander for what I want to build is, is really kind of stupid. Um, so <laughs> what I want to build right now, I think it's a super cool archetype mm -hmm. and should be investigated more, is Fight in Gruul. Uh, fight is primary mm -hmm. green, secondary red. We've seen plenty of cards that fight in both colors, and we recently saw a good number of fight-related cards on New Capenna with, like, a boxing ring that wasn't just fighting, but it uh, it was fight-related. Like, it gave you rewards for fighting. Uh, the only commander that we see that gives you rewards for fighting right now is Naeth of the Dire Hunt. Uh, it's a two and two green. Whenever one or more creatures you control fight or become blocked, draw a card. At the beginning of combat on your turn, you can pay two and a hybrid red green. If you do, double target creature's power until end of turn. That creature must be blocked this combat if able. The word fight is on that card once, and it is paired with another ability. And then the second ability is, hey, let's talk about not fighting. It, it's It's... Very specifically, barely a fight commander. Um, and I, I think supporting fight involves more than just saying, oh, well, you can draw some cards when you do it. I, I want commanders that encourage fighting, encourage, like, uh, repetitive fights, and reward you for building your deck in a way where you should be able to win a fight at most times. And whether that's you know, sort of overstatted creatures that have other problems or, you know, a really tight ramp package to make sure that you can get ahead on board and then your commander helps you win fights and stay ahead on board. Uh, I, I just, I think there's a lot of potential for something interesting to happen with fight. Uh, and I, I see this as sort of a cool, like, mid-range kind of grind 
commander is what I would be looking for, where you would almost be playing rule board control, where it's just, you know, you fight, and then, uh, like, as you're maintaining control of the board with fights, you're slowly just layering on damage and eventually going to win the game, because other people are struggling to stick creatures. Uh, I think the first commander I'm going to propose is probably going to be the most pretentious, or not pretentious, contentious. Uh, it's like a Riveteer promoter was essentially like my idea for this. Uh, mm -hmm. Sacrifice five treasures. Target creature you control fights target creature you don't control. You may only activate this ability as a sorcery. Uh, whenever a creature you control wins a fight, which is a text we've seen digitally now, uh, if it needs to be printed with the in-paper text, it can be uh, after a fight resolves, if you control a creature that was in a fight this turn, uh, make two treasure tokens. Uh, but I, I, it'd work best if you could print it with whenever a creature you control wins a fight, make two treasure tokens. I think that was just boxing ring or something like that, right? No, boxing ring. Boxing ring was was slightly different because of this. So something I was going to jump on when I saw this design of Eric's is when the digital effect that is when a creature you control wins a fight. It's it is a very verbose thing to say in paper because of all the extra contingencies that could occur. Like uh, fighting happens, the creature dies, but it wasn't about fighting that killed it or something else. It's like what does it actually mean? to win a fight is winning a fight the opponent's creature is dead i am still alive and i participated in that fight then that would probably need to be keyworded or or put into something else um or or like a master rule added to like the rules of magic to define what winning a fight is such that right. that, yeah. that just meant yep. something um but yeah Th this card really only works if you can say whenever a creature you control wins a fight uh otherwise it, it, it gets really screwy really fast uh but mm -hmm. i like the idea of you know you throw out some treasures you, just, you promote the fight you get the two guys in the ring you take your cut off the top uh if your guy comes out on top i like this um a lot as a design i think um it seems a little bit possibly underpowered to me right now but i think a good way to buff it up without making it too good would be to explore the sort of category of fighting that red tends I feel like tends to prefer specifically which is two yes. creatures not necessarily one of yours right. and one of your opponents just two any of any creatures fight so he could be the promoter but he might not like it doesn't you know, have to be his guy in the, the guy fight that, yeah 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> it might just be like, yeah, uh, yeah, like Mike Tyson and, you know, some other dude are, are going up against each other. And then it's just like, oh, like, the, you know, they killed each other or whatever. <laughs> and then <laughs> he gets he gets some money in the end because, I don't know, the audience thought it was fun or something. Yeah, no, I, I that's exactly where I was going to with, like, the idea of getting two creatures to fight and then having some mechanic that's like, um, whenever whenever a fight occurs, choose a creature. Uh, and then, like, after the fight, if the creature you chose survives, get to. And so, like, that would be a little bit more complex, but it would allow you to still benefit when you fight those two creatures. Or maybe the way that makes this balance is when it's your creature that wins and we keep that the same. Yeah. But I definitely like the idea of changing the first one to just, like, two creatures fighting. Um, and, yeah, then maybe you only benefit when, you know, you actually had skin in the game, but you can still set up a fight between two other creatures exactly yeah yeah, yeah. I, I i think that's a great way to improve this card and i think it makes it a lot more interesting uh i like it because it comes down early and it it feels mm. like it fits sort of the grindy game plan of uh you now you aren't just like trying to use your own creatures to clear out other people's you're just trying to set up these horrible trades where you're like uh yeah i think <laughs> uh i think tatiova actually will fight the maelstrom wanderer um <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> one night limited event <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, so I, odds are five to one <laughs> Damn. Fuck. Yeah. so a card that i came across um when i when i went to my lgs for commander night that might be really cool for this is it's that i think it was in c18 it's like a 10 10 dinosaur for 10 with enrage um fight target creature Ooh. so it like you keep fighting it to the ground or until you fight something that like it can support and, and no damage is dealt to it. But you pop that with the Riveteer Promoter 
And like, if this text stands, you have this thing out and you've just made like 10 treasures, which at first value, you're like, that's insane and broken. Um, but then we remember what treasures can do anyway. And it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I very specifically, initially I was like, oh, it, this should be set up such that if you win a fight, you get enough treasures to do another one. And then I remembered the current state of treasures and I said, no, no, it shouldn't be set up that way. <laughs> nope. We got enough other stuff in the 99. All right, Eric, tell us, tell us about another one. Last one was a, uh, like Xenagos, uh, themed one, uh, it is a legendary enchantment creature with constellation. Uh, whenever it enters the ba- it or another enchantment enters the battlefield under your control, target creature you control gains plus X plus O in haste, and then it fights target creature you don't control, where X is your devotion to red and green. Uh, I, I had this one at two red green. Uh, I was also thinking about having it at red red green green for a little bit, but that seemed a little a little aggressive. Um, yeah, that's probably not necessary. Yeah. I think this is nice. We, we've seen a lot of Constellation. What this reminds me, isn't there that Constellation Giant? Because um, a lot of Constellation effects are like draw a card or, you know, 1-1 one, one yep. counter. There's like Doom Giant or something that's like minus Wake 1, minus giant. 1. Yeah. Yep. Um, I think this is a really cool direction for it to go. And pulling in the um, Devotion in like a, an interesting way with that plus X, plus O in haste. Uh, it, it, it also, I like it because it has that sort of duality of how much of my deck is devoted to fight cards and how much is for enchantments. Because, like, do you want to proc off just, like, tiny enchantments and just have your creatures fighting um, as much as possible? But, of course, fighting, you know, still deals damage to the creature. You can only do it so many times per turn. Um, but I, I, I like that I would have to make those trade-offs and that there's probably room for a, a large spectrum of how to build this mm. out. I, I like that you tied Devotion in because I think Devotion is something you're going to just like naturally accrue in a, pretty much any Especially deck. Especially with enchantments, that's yeah. Not Eldrazi, yeah. Um, but uh, it may encourage people to make some like, or to include some creatures they wouldn't have otherwise in this sort of deck where mm-hmm. uh, like creatures that are just have like, or you know, Calony Hydra or whatever that's costs like six. Green oh yeah, 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 <laughs> or something like that. Um, and it, I think it adds a little bit in a way that um, uh, what was it called again? Uh, Naith doesn't really yeah. uh, because it's just like okay, well, shoot, now I'm out of cards. Now I'm out of fight cards, like fight cards that I can put in my fight deck. Uh, let's focus on like creatures that add a bunch of devotion or enchantment, yeah. like like mm-hmm. Jeff said, en- enchantments that are just good and like helpful for the deck or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like this a lot and honestly, I don't have, uh, I guess a lot of, Oh, I, a lot of reasons why it's good, but I don't think I have a lot of uh, improvement. Suggestions yeah. For th- this one was probably um, my favorite of the ones I came up with. Um, it, it feels like it falls in the right slot. I like four mana. Uh, it has a lot of deck diversity. You can build in there. You can be like, all right, First things first, every enchantment creature, and you can try and get more procs off of Constellation uh, and and make it mm-hmm. about that, and then fight sort of becomes the secondary thing, where it's this benefit where uh, if you have a winning fight, you take it, uh, and otherwise you're really more focused on that plus X plus O and haste uh, sort of aspect of it. Um, mm-hmm. Or you can make it a fight deck, and you can just say, all right, I'm going to run enough enchantments to make sure I can proc this, uh, I'm going to run, right. you know, some, honestly, something that might be kind of gross, Ranker, in this deck, kind of nutty. Um, <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, Your creature dies, beautiful Rancor terrible. comes off of it, you yeah. play Rancor yeah, again. <laughs> I, I like that a lot. And, like, yep. that's, I don't think of that as a busted combo, because you need to keep paying green mana no. to, like, keep replaying Ranker. You're theoretically losing a creature every time you loop Ranker, like, it's... It has a cost to it, but I think it's uh, mm-hmm. there's some cool stuff going on. Uh, cards with totem armor become a lot stronger because uh, mm-hmm. you know maybe you play out something that gives your creature totem armor. It punches well above its weight class with both uh, the, with like the plus X plus O attached to it. Survives the fight. It keeps the plus X plus O and still has haste and can get in there for more damage. Oh, that's great. Um, so so I took Jund. Uh, and this this comes from I've had a Hapatra deck for a long time now. Hapatra two mana comes out, um, 
deal combat damage to a player, minus one, minus one counter on something. Um, whenever you put a minus one, minus one counter, you make a snake. So obviously this is minus one, minus one themed. Um, came out in the Amonkhet block. And we've really only seen minus one, minus one counters because their divine design space has been said to be very limited, which is probably true. Um, so we've only seen it in the Amonkhet and Hour of Dev as like a few uh, minus synergies plus this new idea of creatures that like start with minus counters on them and then like you remove them as they kind of level up, which was a new thing we saw there. And then Eventide, uh, Eventide and Shadowmoor, which really, there's a couple cards that had them before that, but that was the first set that really cared about it as a mechanic. We have things like the Hatchlings, we have, um, you know, Ashling. Is that where Persist and, and started? All of those kind of stuff. Persist, Persist was around there as well. Yep. And, and Wither, I think is from that set. Uh, we, I think we had Poison before or Infect, uh, but that was, that was when we saw the, the nicer, uh, Wither. So it's, it's really cool, but in both Amonkhet and even, and, um, the, the Lorwyn sets, we see, uh, minus cards. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm shortening minus one, minus one to just, just minus. Everyone knows what <laughs> I mean at this point. I, nope. I don't want to stumble it over it anymore. Anyway. We see a lot of these minus cards in the Jund Colors. And we even have another legendary that cares about minus counters in Hour of Dev, the Scorpion God. Which is whenever a creature with a minus counter on it dies, draw a card. And for three mana, put a minus counter on another target creature. And I've, I've been thinking, like, what if there was a really cool way to bring these two together? Because there's certainly the support for it. Like, Red Black has a lot more of the Wither effects uh, from the, the Lorewind block. And it has a little more persist uh, and and some other stuff as well. And so being able to include that um, in a deck that is largely green, uh, green black would be a super cool way to kind of marry the two together. Um, and so that kind of leads into these these two ideas for cards I had. Uh, we one is themed around infect, which is. Or or more more Phyrexia. It doesn't it doesn't have infect. Although maybe maybe that could be added uh, to make everyone upset. Um, but Phyre Phyrexia, new Phyrexia, still has some of that wither. Still has some of that minus one energy. So the first one I wanted to suggest is I don't have a name for them. Um, I didn't come up with uh, Cork or Funkamonk or whatever that other one was. <laughs> uh, this one is just called X General of the Praetors. And for a uh, cost, I was thinking of two generic and two hybrid red-green Phyrexian mana. Um, this is something we saw on Tamiyo completed in Neo. Um, this idea of a card with a Phyrexian cost, but when you pay it, it has another drawback. Because as some people might remember, when you um, can choose life instead of mana for Phyrexian cards, sometimes they can get very broken. Um, so the idea of having another downside to a card um for using that phyrexian mana was something really cool and something that i think we can benefit from here so two red green phyrexian and two generic uh completed which is the keyword that was on tamio but whereas on a planeswalker it gave uh less loyalty. um loyalty counters i'm thinking completed on a creature uh it enters with um minus one minus one counters equal to the life you paid to play the card and since we have a, a commander that cares about those counters, it's like a cool, you know, synergy there. Uh, the rest of, of the of X, creatures you control enter with a minus one, minus one counter um, as a static ability. And then tap a black, um, remove a minus counter, target creature gains menace. So that's kind of where the infect and, and other stuff can come in, where it doesn't necessarily grant it, but it gives your creatures with those more heinous abilities room to kind of spread their wings and uh, upset people. And I really like this idea because it's like, you know, you, you can pay it, you can get the counters on there, and you have a way to deal with the counters, and that lets you play with the Amonquette cards that come in with a bunch of counters on them. Um, but it also has that nice, like, everyone enters with a minus one, minus one um, to get a lot of cool synergy. And there's a couple cards, I'm just thinking of it now, um, the opposite of Persist is Undying. Uh, when they come back with a plus one, plus one yeah. counter on it, minus one, minus one will... will um, take it off and then we get some of that infinite energy as well mm. i like that i like that well chev uh, i regret to inform you that there's already a magic card uh by the name of x so this is just a completely terrible idea and we have to throw it out the window got off all right so we got to <laughs> think of a name for a, a praetor that sounds like uh yeah <laughs> elesh here I, I got you i got you fantasy <laughs> fantasy name generator.com has never let me down um 
But Perfect. in the meantime, I do, I do want to say, uh, much like my first commander proposal, uh, this feels a little bit underpushed, you know? Um, mm -hmm. For four mana, even if it's really only two mana if I'm paying with the Phyrexian, uh, it doesn't seem like a big downside to pay with Phyrexian because, you know, I, I kind of want the one, minus one, minus one counters on there. Um, you start with right. 40 life, so... Uh, yeah, plus yeah, 40 life. What do I care? Land, soul ring, this dude, let's let's rumble. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, I do think that you can do a little more than Menace. Uh, I, I think mm -hmm. there are a couple directions you could take it, such as uh, black, remove minus one, minus one counter, for, uh, and then just like put that minus one, minus one counter on a creature and opponent controls. Even if you're just picking it up off the same creature and putting it back down or something, you know, it's... Right. It's helping keep them in circulation. It's... Yeah. No, I, I like that a play. lot. Like, your creatures come in with that minus one, minus one, but you can kind of move them onto other stuff. And so it's like you're taking the loss up front. Kind of like we saw with... Uh, at the beginning of this this now uh, slightly lengthy pod, Lind, the Cheerful Tormentor, where kind <laughs> of like you have to give the curses to yourself before you can give them out yeah. again. Uh, and I think that would also work very well with the idea of this being a Phyrexian of like... We're so perfect. Mm. Look at us. Here you go. It's yeah. disease. <laughs> <laughs> I I tend to agree with um, uh, Eric on this. I think I think you could definitely uh, honestly afford to make this uh, a bit more powerful. Um, I would say if you're going the infect route, the very least you could do is just give the creature unblockable. Uh, I don't think mm. <laughs> it, it menaces menaces pretty good, but or may, maybe give it like fear or something so it can only be blocked by creatures of the same type. Maybe uh, that kind of ties in Phyrexian yeah. stuff uh, a little bit. Um, and of course, there are plenty of other ways you can get in, or plenty of other things benefits to getting in with uh, this creature. Um, creatures you control enter, and yeah, uh, the the other thing that popped into my mind actually is um, I forgot what creature it is, but it's something like. When you remove a minus one, minus one from counter from it, like it puts one on every other creature on the board. Oh yeah, yeah. Ooh, that is already okay. a creature, right? Yes, it, it enters with three minus one, minus ones. Okay. It's in. Hibadra. I thought it was with two. Okay. Um, I thought you got two pulses of the. Maybe <laughs> there's so many of them. True. Who knows? <laughs> you could also maybe even take it a step further and be like creatures you control with a minus one, minus one counter have infect or, or something mm, like that. Okay. Um, just build, build that infect right in there. And it's just like, Oh, all my creatures are weaker. They do less damage, but infect only takes 10 to kill. And, uh, yeah, I would say yeah. maybe creatures with two or more minus one, minus one counters on them have infect. Yeah. One is very easy to fair. do, especially given that this puts one on a creature at the start. I, I also like this. That's true. Cause you can't play one once. Oh, that's true. You, yep. you get no mana dorks. You, you can be in green all you want <laughs> if you want to play a, an Elvish Mystic. It's going to be a really tough look. And the uh, so the other the other commander idea I had is kind of to another plane that, of course, cares about the minus counters. Uh, Amonkhet. This one started off as kind of a, a take on one of the gods, um, but I think it would have too much text if we also added the Scorpion God and uh, Scarab God text of, like, if it dies, you know, put it three from the top or whatever. And that is Apopakis, the snake. Uh, three red-green, uh, enters the battlefield with three minus counters on him. Whenever a creature you control has a minus counter put on it, create a snake token with power equal to one plus the number of minus counters on creatures you control. Uh, and then for a BG hybrid, remove a minus counter, create a snake with the above text. So I, I like the idea of going wide with Apatra, and then I liked... Also, what we've seen with, like, Construct tokens and stuff recently, where they are now kind of associated with, like, Constructs have power and toughness equal to the number of artifacts you control. And kind of making it as, okay, this way, like, the snakes are equal to the minus counters you control. Like, that's the static ability on the snake. Um, but to kind of generate more, uh, you need to remove counters. So they all get weaker when you create a new one, was kind of the, the thought process behind this. One stipulation, I think... Um, it might be kind of weird to word, but I think you'd want it with minus one. I, I do like the overall concept, but I think uh, having power equal to the number of minus one, minus one counters put er, on non-token creatures you control might be good. Because you might be able to just keep stacking up minus one, minus ones on one snake, which whose power would increase. Right. But the rest of them would increase, but without the minus one, minus ones keeping it in check, that is... I 
So, I mean, yeah. <laughs> so we do have, of course, we do have that new equipment from uh, New Capenna, where creature gets plus one, plus one, equal to, like, the number of counters on it or something, because yep. it's meant to enchant a Planeswalker. But, of course, you put it on Devoted Druid, and you have the same effect where you get infinite mana. Um, right. it's, it's one of the updates for Hepatra. So I'm not saying that makes it a good idea, but I do appreciate the call-out. And then I also <laughs> got a call-out that we already broke it. <laughs> yeah. Um, or uh, with Yawgmoth, uh, this gives you infinite creatures to sacrifice uh, because you sack a snake and pay a life. You put a minus one, minus one on anything, and you get a new snake. So if you start with two snakes... Er- you can just kind of go yeah. uh, and draw <laughs> any number of cards. That sounds like my Hepatra deck already, so I'm not I'm not seeing that as a bad I side. would like to say it's bad. Well, the problem is really that Yawgmoth's broken, and Yawgmoth is in this strategy, yeah. which is... Yeah, don't take it off out on my uh, hypothetical Apophacus. Also, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> It's not his fault, but it is someone's fault. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but overall, I, I like Apopicus. I, I think that's a. I think it's yes. an interesting design. I don't know if it needs both ways to generate the snakes. I think it would be fine with just uh, whenever a creature you control has a minus one minus one counter put on it, create a snake. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I don't think you need to be able to remove them to make even more. Uh, or maybe okay. you just remove and make them, and you don't get the free ones off of every ETB. Because see, what I would probably do if it was up to me is maintain the secondary ability of making the snakes and turn the third one into the god text from uh, our. I-, I think that would be fine. If you wanted to take this commander in a slightly different direction, uh, you could potentially use the fact that minus one minus one counters are on everything on the board to just buff. Um, Apopakis's power uh, itself mm. to make him very strong and able to swing in for potentially commander damage, but also him kind of just like benefiting off everyone's uh, interesting. Sickness. Okay, or so it'd be like, like yeah. it, uh, their power and toughness is equal to the minus one minus one counters, and maybe that BG ability instead is remove a minus one minus one counter, put one on someone else or something. Yeah. Like that. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, remove one off of Apophacus or something, because it would be minus ones on every other creature on the battlefield, I guess, theoretically. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, I like Perhaps. that. Okay, so that's like, yeah. that's more like this plague effect of, you know, it's coming in with counters, we remove a counter from it, it puts one on everything else, and therefore it kind of grows in the process? Yeah, yeah, something like that. Um, okay. Maybe not necessarily one on everything else, maybe just one on one other thing, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or one on from a creature you control onto. I don't know. Something. something. Or, I think yeah. that that has the potential to be broken, which is maybe why I like it so much. But I think like <laughs> something like that, it would have to grow in some way, but it has the limit with the number of counters on itself. So like if I was just moving one yeah. counter around, that wouldn't necessarily do anything because then I could only do it like three times and it doesn't get strong. But yeah. if it was something like, you know, remove one, maybe put a minus one, minus one counter on like three creatures. Because two, mm-hmm. like if the board's full... Uh, then it just becomes very large, but it also doesn't have trample. So yep. since we're in this hypothetical design space, I don't know how <laughs> bad it would be if I come down with a five mana 2020. Uh, that seems like within the <laughs> realm of what's possible if it's if it has no haste and uh, no no other abilities. Yeah, I think uh, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, I, I like the idea of like Apophagus being like an XX, where X is three times the or twice the number of minus one minus one counters in play. And so, you know, it enters as a 5-mana 3-3, three, three, but as soon as you start slinging the 3 it comes in with around, faster. And as soon as you start playing other stuff, it just keeps growing. Uh, especially because uh, if I if I know my Egyptian mythology well enough, uh, this is named after the snake that will eventually eat the sun, which uh, <laughs> yeah. is super sick. And I, I like that a lot as a way of growing it to become this infinitely large creature. I think I think it could, we could give a trample too. I think that'd be fair. No I don't, haste. I don't no haste. want to <laughs> give a trample actually. I don't if we're making it infinitely large, I don't want it to have trample. I almost was like, "Oh, well if it's going to eat the sun, maybe it could have shadow." What a stupid fucking suggestion. That's just unblockable. <laughs> 
I don't want it to have trample. I want it to have another mechanic. That Unblockable, kind of yeah. Same, but, uh, <laughs> right, I'm going to take a pop of kiss back. I'm going to make it something terrifying. And uh, But yeah, I think I think that's all the, the time we have for today. <laughs> if you're going to buy cards, uh, these cards don't exist, but other cards do. Uh, buy them with the affiliate link. They're, you can buy real cards with that. Uh, <laughs> it helps us out a lot. It means a lot. Uh, if you, for some reason, are listening to this podcast about buying cards but aren't buying cards... Uh, but still want to support us and give us money, feel free to subscribe via Patreon. Yeah. And I mean, hey, like, we, there, there's nothing saying we can't make versions of these cards that exist. Maybe we'll make that uh, a little little Patreon gift, you know? You... All right, that's our show. Good night. See ya. Good night. Just sign us up. We'll give you a copy of... Um... Herg Madurg, the Paragon of the Average. <laughs> it's Cork. It's Cork, Ooh. man. With a K.